Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. Let's just start. All right, here we are. All right. Wednesday afternoon. I, I, I wasn't oh, sure what, what day Legacy it was. Matters podcast. Legacy Matters yeah. podcast. Yeah. Jim, Sarah, I, uh, Sam. Yep. Yep. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. Yep. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Beautiful, beautiful Wednesday beautiful afternoon. Beautiful Wednesday. It is. It's uh, becoming fall. I want to take your. Yeah, this is your spot. The, the weather well, report, yeah, it's just gorgeous out today. I love. Know? I love fall time. So Me too. to feel I'm it excited. feel a little more like fall today was a real pleasant a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Except it does it does lead into winter, which is okay too. Don't think about I that. Like winter, but I, winter blows. I hope for a long fall. That's all I can say. Yeah. Nice long fall. Yep. All right. So, so here we are uh, once again, Legacy Matters podcast. Yeah, and and we were we have a guest today, and we'll introduce our guest here in just a moment. But yes. um, but we we were saying. We were talking about the fact that we don't know who listens to us and how many because Except we don't get a lot of feedback. And, well, friends and family will come up and say. Sometimes oh, that's the first thing people will say to me. Oh, I really like that one, or I didn't like that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just wondering, uh, like, what a person needs to do to get a little more feedback. Uh, so just ask, I guess. Info at legacymatterspodcast.com. We read every single email that comes in. That's true. You can leave a review on Apple or Android for us, which we would love. Hopefully, it's going to be a good review. <laughs> Please. <laughs> if not, just email us, you know, yeah. say whatever you want. Just All your anger and email would be fine. Uh, no, that's it. I mean, we, we kind of go through this each time, but I, I'm mm-hmm. just looking for, I'm looking for some feedback. Yeah. But. Nothing wrong with that. All right. I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest. Sounds good. All right. So, we've got uh, Kieran Foliard in the studio today, and Kieran... I don't know. You've done too many things for me to <laughs> list from memory. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, thank, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, I think notably, uh, Kieran's Irish Pub, the Liffey, right? Uh, and now, Two Gingers Irish Whiskey, and then you've got the food building across the street from us here. In Northeast Minneapolis. Yep. Mm-hmm. Food and drink, actually. Food and basically drink. basically what it boils food down to. Food and drink, food yes. Food and yeah. drink. What? What, what else better? could you need in life? It should have been called food and drink building. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the food building, right? Well, not really, no, because we make food there, food production, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How many different food producers do you have in the building? Well, food building, I mean, the, the idea behind it, if you want to call it the business model, uh, yet-to-be-proven business model, is really to work with small farms here in Minnesota Uh, where the makers have a very strong relationship and a strong understanding of the practices of the farm, the quality of the product um, that they're producing, whether it is grain, whether it is milk, whether it is um, hogs, pigs. And they take those ingredients and they craft or artisan produce some of the best 
products that you are going to get from ingredients here in Minnesota. So we have Red Table Meats. Uh, Mike Phillips is my partner in that. Uh, Mike, long-time chef, Iowa boy, long-time chef here in the Twin Cities, uh, but he is a salumier, and he is the guy that has the experience and the passion uh, for creating some of the best uh, salumi in the United States. Mm. Um, So that covers salami, whole muscle cures, um, uh, hams, the royal. And uh, then we have Bakersfield flour and bread. We're stone milling flour uh, commercially for the first time in the Minneapolis in over 100 years. Mm. Uh, Steve Horton is my partner in that. Uh, Endeavor, uh, again, an extraordinary talent in terms of his not alone his experience but you know he has got the art and the science he's got the passion for it and he has terrific relationships with some great um, grain farmers here in uh, Minnesota and one in North Dakota just keep an eye on those guys up there in North Dakota you know (laughs) really you know you never know what to be crossing over there from Canada and suspicious uh, of North yes. Dakotans, huh? <laughs> so, and the stone milling. Uh, I mean, really, people can look online at Bakersfield Flour and Bread and uh, find out about why the stone milling is important versus the commercial roller mills. And then they are also um, uh, making bread as well, baking bread, so and pastries, uh, naturally leavened breads, uh, and again, a lot of history on the why uh, those things are important, the practices that they have. And then we have a partnership with Alamar Cheese. Alamar were in Mankato for 11 years. Uh, Keith Adams, the founder, um, I've known for a number of years. A terrific guy, and he's got Craig and his daughter Alexandra working there as well, and they make um, uh, French-style soft cheeses, uh, Camembert, Nabrie, Good Thunder, <laughs> Bent River, and they're also producing other products for us in the building as well, not under the Alamar name, but, uh, you know, they're working with one of only four um, uh cow herds in Minnesota that are both organic and pasture raised Mm. and that's a win and a blessing and then we also have skinny jakes fat honey and we have beehives on the roof Oh, um, really? So, at the food yes. building right at over here? At the food here? building. Oh, okay. We have beehives on the roof. We have a white roof. We've got 78 solar panels up there. And, um, yeah, so it's just an artisan food production um, building that is really trying to highlight, well, really, ultimately, pay the farmers the true value mm-hmm. of their work so that they can continue to stay in business and provide us with the quality of the ingredients to make the best products. I mean, it seems to make complete sense, but it is also a very, very difficult uh, Mm. business model uh, to make work. And so we're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's a big shift from our our corporate kind of, Mm mass-produced, highly refined food that we've been shoveling in our faces for quite a while, it feels like. Very true. Again, though, I would be very, very uh, slow. Uh, In fact, I wouldn't knock the large um, food companies because at the end of the day, it's probably somewhere that that there's a bridge between the small artisan producer Mm. 
and the large um, food producer, the, the large corporation. And, you know, if, if we can learn things from them and it gravitates or has a, a, a pull, a magnetic pull, a little bit away from where we're at and somehow they get gravitate more towards what we're working on, I think that that's where the real win is because you do, we cannot, <laughs> we're not the loaves and fishes, we can't feed the world mm. from right. the small food production mm-hmm. business that we've got um, and we can't hire the number of people and pay wonderful wages and mm. benefits uh, to large numbers of people as well. So it's somewhere can you influence as opposed to being eliminated. I think one of the challenges here in Minnesota uh, is I've noticed uh, with all of the very large and successful and really terrific companies, because many of them have been very helpful to us, um, but they're so large that they kind of block the light out somehow mm. from the small artisan producer. And it's very difficult for us then to get traction, uh, particularly in the supermarket world that's out there. And, you know, we could go down a rabbit hole and all of that <laughs> and, sure. and whatnot, but no need to. So, one, we're thankful after almost six years, uh, one month ago, we made the first profit small mm. small mm-hmm. very small but the first profit <laughs> that we've made in almost six years and that highlights you know the difficulty of uh, of the model so when well, did this vision us- sort of start for this Pardon? model when did your vision start for this uh well to some degree it probably started you know about uh, 55 years ago. Yeah, Um, yeah, I grew up in a small farm community in the west of Ireland, and I still own the field that I worked in as a kid. Uh, My parents have passed away, but my father used to be out there, and we grew everything. You can imagine we grow in Ireland in terms of vegetables, and we fed ourselves for the the year with it. Uh, My father was, um, he was a fantastic gardener. He was meticulous and did a wonderful job but he used to say to me if you don't want to do it right don't do it at all I'd say fine I won't he'd say get back there and finish that job (laughs) so it was and so I think there was always an appreciation for the quality and the value and the hard work that goes into actually doing something right and so um, you know it's a journey but six years ago I would say seven years ago and it started with Mike uh, Phillips with Mike and the Red Table Meats idea I came across that building across the street it would be if I didn't buy it it would have been it would be apartment buildings and condos mm. right now absolutely yeah. uh, so it would but uh, <laughs> might have worked out better no no perish the thought uh, but um it, it was cheap the building was cheap yeah. which of course is always a problem it's it's it sucks you in you know right. and then we had to put a new roof on it and then we had to put electricity and uh, no, all the mod so cheap. gas and blah 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 into it <laughs> and yeah then it is not so cheap you get in. right and then you get excited and carried away by things while you still have some money and then Bakersfield came along and then we had the lone grazer cheese that unfortunately didn't work out for a variety of reasons and then we formed a partnership with Alamar and so you know, then it continues. So we'll see. <laughs> yep. See, I was going to say. I'm it. almost talking myself out of it. Old thing. It's too late. Too late. Yeah, yeah you're in too deep. Now. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it sounds to me like we've got about, what, four and a half more years. We might actually turn a profit, too. 
in our little oh, company. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, gives us, well, gives us yeah. some hope. Right. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm willing to sell tomorrow. <laughs> well, <all laughs> no, I'm right. just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, well, that's, that's quite the place. I mean, so you brought us some sandwiches. Did. Oh, they were delicious. Well, we just opened delicious. up. We had um, um, back a number of years ago. I wasn't able to be on a liquor license because I was involved in a little bit of whiskey shenanigans. And um, <laughs> guess and what so, I'm going to ask you about? In a yeah, bit. right. That, that's what I know and love right now. Yeah. And so uh, I had a lease with uh, friends at uh, the Draft Horse, um, Kate and uh, Katie and Luke and uh, and Anne. And I've known them for a lot of years. And they had the draft horse, and it was fantastic. Um, But the realization came that we needed to focus 100% on the products in the building. And while they were great supporters of the products in the building, um, that was not their business model. And I completely understood that. So in discussions with them, um, we agreed, and uh, uh, we bought them out of their lease last December. And then just three three weeks ago, opened up Kieran's Kitchen, which uh, I'm too bloody old to come up with a new brand name. <laughs> uh, so I stuck with my own. Seriously, I'm not joking you. And so um, we opened up Kieran's Kitchen, which is an all-day cafe, deli, bar that is 100% focused on just the brands in the mm-hmm. building. And uh, Ian Gray, who's the chef, who's a fantastic guy. I mean, or so... Uh, fortunate uh, to have him uh, and Zach Dumphy is the GM culinary director both of them had worked with our products in the past mm-hmm. um, Ian had uh, the Grey House and he had the Curious Goat and used our products and was a great supporter of ours so you know he was already in that world and realized it and his relationships with the Mung's Farmers Co-op uh, with a lot of the local growers um, and all the work he's doing with all the pickling that he's doing he makes all the fresh pastas from the flour that was stone milled this morning with organic grain. And uh, I mean, it's just, I can't even describe it. I wish he was here to just to really talk about it because he is, he is the craftsman. He's the curator. He's the guy that has the relationship with the makers and then takes their great work. And they're so excited now. And they're energized. Mike, mm-hmm. Steve, they're all energized now as a result of because they see they have, final, they have a partnership with somebody who they're, gets pre- it. They're appreciated. Right. He gets yep. it. And so they work together on it. And that's the win there as well. I don't know, what, what was the question? I forgot. <laughs> uh, yeah, typical didn't. Irish guy just waffles on about <laughs> oh, things. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. So it's a show. <laughs> That's yeah, what we're yeah, supposed yeah, to do. do. Okay. So That's when did you um, come over from Ireland? Uh, it would have been April 16th. 1987, which happened to be Holy Thursday, 1987. Ooh. Why do I remember it was Holy Thursday? Mm. Because on Good Friday, I thought, we're in a heathen country. Yeah. They're all <laughs> running around in shorts and rollerblades or whatever else it is, and they're going in and out of bars. It's Good Friday, for it God's good sake. Friday. <laughs> they're eating meat. Yeah. Where did you, where did you come? I came here to you Minnesota. Right to Minnesota? Yeah, yeah, to Minneapolis. What, yeah. Was mini- what was the draw to Minneapolis? Well, originally, I had worked for a good few years in, well, the late 70s in uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, launching a dairy products brand called Al Marai for an Irish company. And we had a joint venture with Cargill, uh, mm. which I never worked for Cargill, but we had a joint venture for distribution there. And 
you know, that was the first exposure to Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I thought I'd come for a year, and, mm-hmm. you know, well, 32 years like later. <laughs> and, and here you are, opening yeah. up uh, another place. 32 years later. How, how are, yeah. have people been receptive to an Irish man in Oh, I think it's very different cities. nowadays than, I mean, you know, it's probably only in the 1940s uh, that there were signs in shops and so forth, even in Minnesota, N-I-N-A, no Irish need mm-hmm. apply. And so, you know, you, you see the vilification of, uh, of the Irish immigrants with the old cartoons mm-hmm. back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, you know, they were the drinkers, the fighters, the paddy wagon, the police yep. wagon named mm-hmm. Paddy's the Irish, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, those things were uh, used as they are even to this day to put down new immigrant groups. Mm-hmm. And yep. mm-hmm. So um, that has obviously changed mm-hmm. for the Irish. I mean, you know, geez, between Bono and Riverdance and uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the great writers, Seamus Heaney and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And Ireland is a very, uh, it's an island, so it's small, um, smaller than Minnesota, both in population and geography. Mm-hmm. Right. And we are an immigrant um, nation for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, look at uh, St. Patrick's Day. There isn't another country in the entire world that Celebrates has a celebration. That that matches that. I mean, all over the world, I mean, it is celebrated. And, you know, I certainly would. I think there is also a, le- a level of humility that uh, that the Irish have. There's the, uh, the gregarious side, the bit of humility as well, uh, never taking themselves, probably ourselves, I should say, too seriously. Uh, and you're fun. Fun. I have to say, well, you know, I have to say, I've been to Ireland twice. Sam and I went actually with your wife, my parents, and a group of us went in 2003 to yep. Dublin. Yep. And before you were I my mean, aunt. Right, well, you're, right. You were just Sarah. So, but the two times I've been, everyone is just completely lovely. Yeah. Completely yeah. lovely. And just, oh, I'm sure they have their fair share of journeys. Hmm. Oh, I'm just, sure. Oh, so I'm sure, I was there last year for uh, oh, St. Patrick's were. Day. Oh, you were. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. which I had survived. a great time. Do Fantastic. They, what is it over there? Is it as crazy as it is here or no? We probably... Oh, well, I would say, you know, obviously it's our national holiday. Right. It's uh, you know, historically a religious holiday. I mean, that has changed significantly as well. Um and so it was very much a family day when I was growing up. But now, I mean, the parade in Dublin, I mean, it has 500,000 people at it. They probably have more marching, American marching bands in it uh, than actually are probably in any parade in the United States yeah. uh, for the year. And so it is, yeah, it's super well celebrated. But Ireland has it's a very changed and for the most part, fantastic changes. The economy is strong. Our debt level is very high, uh, but it is also now a very cosmopolitan. My village in the west of Ireland has 42 different nationalities. Yes, 42. Hmm. That's unbelievable. Uh, oh, I just remembered something I'm supposed to do <laughs> about a documentary that was done on it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's a, a very changed um, country and there's a lot of concern over um, how is Ireland going to do with the influx of new uh, mm. immigrants? Mm-hmm. That is, it's a, quite a controversial mm. and uh, very challenging uh, topic right this minute, mm-hmm. literally right this mm-hmm. minute. It is front news, um, front page news in Ireland every day right now. How do you uh, 
allocate uh, resources for new immigrant groups, particularly ones that don't have English as their first language. And, you know, it's some of the challenges that we have with whether it is the Somalia, the Hmong community here mm-hmm. is in the education front of it and so forth. And so it's a it's a challenge, but it's a, a, what a great challenge to have mm. right. is to be part of a solution for mm-hmm. some of the challenges that exist mm-hmm. around the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how often do you get back to Ireland? Uh, two or three. I'm still involved in a little bit of monkey business with whiskey over there, <laughs> mm. and uh, so I get back two or three times a year. Okay. Yeah, um, you know I don't have. Uh, oh, I do have immediate family. My parents and my sister, unfortunately, passed away from ovarian cancer. Uh, my parents have passed away a number of years ago, uh, but my niece and nephew Evelyn and Kevin and my brother-in-law John are still there, and then a lot of friends that I grew up with, you know, from a okay. young age, and mm-hmm. of course now there's no excuse not to be in touch. I mean... Really. I know, it's, you yeah. can't. Yeah, yeah you, you can text hide. people around the world. You can FaceTime. Everything's WhatsApp so quick. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well... So how about this monkey business with the whiskey? <laughs> so, that's funny. so you enjoyed a little whiskey this weekend, Jim. I, I did. I always you, do. And, I've, been, love whiskey, and yeah. I've enjoyed your whiskey. You. <laughs> so, um, dearly. <laughs> so, do you regret good. the next morning, maybe? Over well, that, could be, that could be the dearly part. <laughs> I, I can say, I, can say I, I, I know a few people that have regretted the next morning. On the, you know, on it the goes down years. smooth. Yeah, you know, it's it's very good. So, <laughs> so how did that start? The two gingers. I forgot to press the. Oh, call. don't worry about it. The I, no one. That, that's just <laughs> the expectations. Yeah, are, very are poor. Pretty, you did right. a very poor job of training me on the cough button. Yeah. <laughs> so you did at the beginning. Uh, I don't the, even worry about mine anymore. It doesn't matter. Uh, well, I started the local in downtown uh, December 17, 1997. Uh, one of the things that it became famous for was. Um, it was the single largest on-premise account for Jameson in the world, five years running. Its brass plaques are in the terrazzo floor that they brought out. And I just got a little irritated with them in 2010 because they put the prices up three times in one year. We were a public house, and you can't put the prices up three times a year. I mean, you have to be value for money. And so I, long story short, got in touch with John Teeling, who owned the Kilbegan Cooley Distillery in Ireland, Ireland's oldest distillery, and went over there, and we created our own blend and our own brand of Irish whiskey, which was two gingers Irish whiskey, which is after my mother and my aunt, Mary and Delia. And we <laughs> launched, it was just going to be in the four pubs here. Cooper, which is now the, the, the local West End, the local downtown Kieran's and the Liffey. And it did so well um, with them. I mean, people were taste testing against all the other Irish uh-huh. whiskies, and particularly when it came to blended whiskies, um, it was winning out on blind taste tests, you know, eight mm. out of ten times. And so I just chatted with the people that I worked with at the pubs who had sweat equity and my partner Henry, and um, uh, we said, right, you're going to buy me out and I'm going to take the whiskey on the road, because you can't do both in this country since Prohibition. Mm. The three-tier system. Oh. Mm. Separation of church mm. and state, mm. sure. I call it. And, <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> so I uh, launched it out in the market and uh, had a bit of fun with it and got great support locally because, you know, again, a lot of really good relationships mm-hmm. over the years with 
competing pubs and bars, and but we were all friendly and uh, liquor stores, you know, great friends at Surdix and places like that that came out to support us, and um, it did uh, it did really well. And Beam of Jim Beam Makers Mark etc. They bought the distillery in Ireland, mm. um, literally three months after we uh, launched and um, eventually after a year they bought two gingers as well as part of it and kept me on as the brand custodian so <laughs> to speak and um, then they got bought up by Suntory and so it's Beam Suntory now and um, they're based out of Chicago out of the uh, merchandise mart down there and I've had a great relationship with them and so eventually I helped convince them uh, to take the Kilbegan Distilling Company, which owns Kilbegan whiskies, Tyrconnell, um, uh, single malts, cask finishes, Connemara, which is a, the only peated Irish whiskey, and they also own two gingers, to really take it out of Beam Centauri and run it as a startup, as a small business. So there's actually five of us, and we have 11 young ambassadors from Ireland, one based here in Minnesota and in other cities across the U.S., who are really here to try and build a brand. It's a small distillery. It's the oldest, but it's the smallest, um, one of the smallest now because a lot of new distilleries, and, uh, but it's big on innovation. We just brought out the first Irish rye in over 100 years. We have the only peated Irish whiskey. And uh, so it's been good fun uh, working with them. Um, it, uh, it, it gives me a great insight into working with a, a Fortune 100 level type mm. company and then working with uh, a small startups <clears throat> that we've got at Food Building. I call what we do at Food Building, we're like the warthog running around <laughs> trying to live off grub <laughs> and scraps <laughs> and the big company is in rarefied air where they've got super talented, smart, mm. educated people uh, but they don't have some of the things we don't mm. have and we They're don't have a lot of the things yeah. that they don't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting to work between those two worlds, and I'm trying to figure out all of the lessons that I'm learning from it. So it's interesting. So I still work on uh, the Kilbegan Distilling Company, and I, I love it. I just did two charity events in the last two weeks uh, where I do a whiskey uh, tasting through the portfolio of Kilbegan whiskies uh, with food pairings from food building, even though we're heavily hyper local, even on our beer and mm. on our um, on our spirits as well, um, hyper local except for Kilbegan because let's face mm -hmm. it, Kilbegan. Food building wouldn't exist without <laughs> Kilmegan and two gingers. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's been my modus Fair operandi. Enough. Build something up, sell it, take that money, start the next thing, build yeah. that up, sell it, take that money. Well, now the money is gone. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not joking. It is gone. It's all over in food building. It's, it's right across the barrel. street over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a guy, I better, uh, well, knock on wood, I better live for uh, another 30 years because, um, which would be extraordinary if I did because it'll probably take that length of time to make the money back and, and I don't have a 401k. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great motivation to keep working. <laughs> Seriously, can you uh, can you hear in our laughs? Uh, 
some camaraderie. Yes. We, we've, we've, oh God, I know. Positions I... here changed, you know, right. changed direction. Oh, yeah, we and we're all struggle. like, oh, we better live a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, your, your 30 year thing, I was like, God, I, I don't know if I'll live for 30 years. <laughs> you know, I, I figure I got 20. Maybe well, I'm definitely not taking it for uh, for granted. That's for sure. Mm. Given my lifestyle as well, it's highly <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> so it is, say, uh, yeah. Jim, you got to do some of these whiskey pairing. Uh, yeah, I'm in. When's the next one? <laughs> yeah, you and Sam. Well, these, like, were, these were charity events yeah, so, that so I did, which and happened people across bid on the them. street. Oh, yeah, well, we did I the see. food building, so mm-hmm. people bid on them. Mm-hmm. And, sure. and, and how did that come about? Uh, because people ask me, and I said, sure. Uh, what kind of charity event was uh, this? Well, uh, my funnest one uh, was with um, uh, Father Gillespie, which was this was connected to the Basilica. And so I said, sure, I'll do, yeah, absolutely, we'll do a whiskey tasting and food deal for 12 people. No problem. Oh. I said, you got to put a minimum price of it, though, of, of two grand. Oh, okay? yeah. That's yeah. the deal, all right? And I'll yeah. lead it, and we'll do a tour, blah, 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 all that good stuff. So he calls me then uh, the day after the fundraiser, and he says, oh, Kieran, me lad, as he goes on a bit of an Irish asking, Kieran, me lad, he says, things were going so well, we actually sold three of them for four and a half grand each. Uh, and I said, three of them? That's three nights I got, I'm, I'm busy. And so forth. he says, oh, we didn't have time to call you. I said, oh, fine. I said, but here's the deal. You're going to serve two gingers at mass at the Basilica for the next month instead of wine. <laughs> No one will know the said, difference. He said, ah, oh, he says, Kieran, me lad, we can't be doing that. He says, <laughs> he says I'll get you six months off purgatory. <laughs> and I said, well, by God, unfortunately, six months would be of very little value to me. <laughs> so we, we need to put a couple of zeros after that six. <laughs> so, <you would. laughs> so, so that's where we left it at. Yeah. Sure. Oh, wow. Sure. Uh, I was kind of excited about the two gingers that, you know, (laughs) I thought, well, okay. going to church this Sunday. Maybe. Sure, yeah, yeah. there you go. Could be a new strategy. It it would work with me. (laughs) And I believe Sam, too, actually. I can't say anything. I'm just laughing the whole time. Uh, That's a good story. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You got me. Well. Well, uh, we, we are 30 minutes in. Maybe we should just. Take a quick break. Take a quick break. Quick break. Yes. Yeah. Regroup. All right. Very okay. well. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Wipe the tears from our eyes. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by the Andalin app, a first of its kind digital legacy preservation app that allows you to digitally attach photos, videos, and audio recordings to the places and objects you love. Imagine hearing your grandmother's voice telling the stories of your family heirlooms. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andolin, available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andolin.app for more information. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what is not? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeler servicing residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consultation. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. 
unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. His strong connections in the Minnesota art world give him a unique perspective on the talented pool of artists from our region. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit JamesHolmberg.com to find out more. All right. Do you want to go on a wilderness adventure with me, Sam? Or maybe you know a group of kids who could benefit from an extended break from their electronics. Or maybe you just need a break from those kids. Visit EarthEdFound.org for more information about how to get started. For information about becoming a sponsor of Legacy Matters, please visit LegacyMattersPodcast.com. everyone we're back we're back we are back for the second half with uh, <laughs> with our neighbor actually across the road Karen i know Fuller. can we see the building from the yeah, window totally. yeah it's right there yeah we haven't been uh, so i haven't been back well it was closed for a while yeah it's it's yeah. only we're been three weeks yeah, yeah. so i haven't i haven't been there since it's been remodeled well, since it's just get open. your ass over there yeah <laughs> well, know, we well based on the sandwich i just had I'm i know be yeah over there. i need a drink sure, actually so <laughs> we're, we're gonna go over there later this afternoon <laughs> we likely will you're right yeah absolutely yeah. we will a quick comment on that when you mentioned about uh the first half and the second half when we were kids playing football there was a notorious character in our village that will remain nameless because a lot of his relatives I don't know if this will ever get to my home village but uh, are there you never know uh, they never might know. corner me but he used to comment on our football games this is when we were like under 12 under 14 and playing I uh, say how was it somebody had asked him and they'd say well the first half was even enough and the second half was even worse <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> so what was what was one of your first jobs that you had uh well my first job absolutely was working for my father I mean, yeah and so yeah get out and do it right and he did when i was about 11 11 or 12 uh not older than that because i hadn't gone into the equivalent of junior high which is secondary school in ireland um and you go in usually at 12 um and so, yeah, 11, I suppose it would have been. Uh, he gave me a corner of the field and he said, um, you can grow something there now and that. And whatever you grow, if you can sell it uh, in the village, um, you can do it. And so I grew carrots and I went down and I talked to Tom Hopkins. Tom and Rita owned uh, the grocery store, small store, about the size of the room here. And they had uh, six daughters and seven daughters six are still alive <laughs> and they lived upstairs and um what a great family that shop hopkins shop hopkins my kids used to call it <laughs> and when they were little as they go in there it's closed now because tom and uh, rita passed away uh but it was open 365 days of the year even on christmas morning it was open and then closed probably around you know one o'clock in the afternoon and so forth and it was an extraordinary service 
to the community. I mean, in hindsight, uh, I realized it, not maybe right at that age, but I certainly realized it in my 20s and 30s, what an extraordinary asset that mm. that was to a community. Because it really was a great way of communicating, of having connections with people, um, about helping and supporting people. They had the tick uh, a little uh, notebook which meant mm. if you couldn't pay you, mm. they'd write mm -hmm. it in you get your stuff and then when you came and you paid they'd tick it tick mm. it as paid and this sort of level of, of humanity <laughs> that existed not to mention the bit of gossip that would go around <laughs> sure. and well, water, great water stories uh, <laughs> was fantastic and so Tom uh, said absolutely he bought he bought carrots from me and so I would Solemn carrots. Uh, a funny little aside, I brought them all in a wheelbarrow uh, in a fertilizer bag that I don't know where it came from because we use cow dung for fertilizer, if that can excite people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and chicken boob. <laughs> uh, but a fertilizer bag which is clear. And so the carrots were mm. in the fertilizer bag, which was in the wheelbarrow, which I wheeled into the village. I brought it. And Tom looked at it and he says, No, Kieran, he says, uh, Is there anything special about the dirt uh, on those carrots? And I was pretty sure it was, there was a trick here somewhere, uh, <laughs> but I wasn't sure what it was. And I said, No. And he says, right, well, I'm paying you by weight for those carrots. So you better take them back home, clean them, and bring them back to me. <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> so that was the first job. Okay. So I mean, it's carrots. interesting because, I mean, you know, your position right here is also, you know, you're part of the community. You're mm -hmm. contributing to the community. And you're recognizing sort of this early on sort of some of the same, the exact same traits, really. Yeah, I would say I would say that that is um, true. I suppose you know you don't. Um, you don't know that when you're little necessarily. No, for but sure you don't. Um, but I think it it has left it left those experiences left uh, uh, an indelible mark certainly on uh, on me. And obviously there was a very good feeling that I had from that. Uh, and so that obviously is something that I have gravitated towards or held onto and tried to continue to um, honor, I suppose, in some way and respect uh, mm -hmm. for sure. And I would say it's, you know, really about it's about people and it's about the passion for doing things uh, and doing things right and doing things well. Passion is fine, though, by the way, <laughs> but you better have expertise as well. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm not doing the things. I partner with people that have the expertise mm -hmm. as well, mm -hmm. whether it is with the, uh, the cheese making or the salumi making or the flour milling and bread making and, and the curation of the foods then with the, the kitchen. And uh, yeah, those things are, they're, they're, they're pretty moving. My mother used to call me though, she used to say, oh God, she used to say, you were named after the third most important saint in Ireland. First to St. Patrick, the next to St. Bridget, then St. Kieran, and you're not doing much for his reputation this week. <laughs> <laughs> and then I find out when I'm 21 years of age and I'm going to get a passport to go to Saudi Arabia, uh, I get my long birth for, uh, certificate and it says Patrick Kieran Follard. And oh. I said to the guy at the counter, I says, ah, you made a mistake here, it's Kieran Patrick. He goes away, shuffles back, he says, 
says, next, he says, go on, that's right. And I go home and I said to my mother, I said, that Egypt down at the, uh, at the, <laughs> at the office, uh, he says, it's Patrick here. And she said, oh. My God, did we never tell you? Did we never tell you? <laughs> so I was actually, I hope there's nobody from the INS. Who is it? Uh, the INS or something like that. Uh, because Patrick is actually, I was named after the first most important oh, saint. Oh, wow. Not the third one. You got so, both. So I was Patrick Kieran. Really? And they changed their minds after three months and never told me. And I didn't find out until then. So now I have my Irish and U.S., passports and my Minnesota driver's license all are Kieran Patrick uh, even though the birth search still says Patrick Kieran sure. so I may be getting a letter from one of those guys <laughs> one of old, old dump, dumpy Trumpy's crowd <laughs> so at the border <laughs> Well, now you for sure are. Yeah, yeah. yeah now, now you did it. Yeah, yeah uh, well, at this stage, you know. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't give matter. It yeah. doesn't matter at all. I'm not, so, going, I'm not leaving. Right, right. I'm not going to Canada. <laughs> yeah, they'll have to fight me. <laughs> oh, God. Sticking around in the community, huh? Yeah. Uh, I'm still wondering what you did with whiskey. It was the shenanigans. Oh, the monkey yeah. business? Oh, that continues. Well, you know, I suppose the um, the shenanigans are usually around um, all of the truths coming out, you know. And there is a tipping point over which, you know, it just becomes nonsense. But up to a certain point, a certain amount of uh, good uh, whiskey... Um, I think it calms the mind and mm. loosens up the brain waves mm. uh, to produce all sorts of music. <laughs> you damn right it does. Jim is giving a thumbs up. I am. I'm just like, wow, it's the elixir, you know? Yeah. It just loosens it up and We're we can finally think. At our you know? most creative. I well, mean, <laughs> I like to say, um, you can be awake with a good cup of coffee. You can be awake, but no good ideas ever came from just drinking coffee. You need a little bit of the good stuff. Do you know where we get all of our good ideas? I'm going to share it with the world. Yeah, it's at the bar. Of course I it swear is. to God, the three of us will go yeah. and we'll t- chat. I'm like, that's a great idea. Right. Yeah, I mean, what we is, on, what's it about it's, it? we're on fire we're on at the fire. bar. Well, you yeah. got to admit that every now and again, though, uh, in the light of day, one of those really great ideas wasn't as great when you, when you mm. upon re-examination. Yeah. Well, I think you know what, because I feel the same <laughs> way. I've had really had most of my mad ideas have come um, from the the pub. We call mm. it the pub, um, yeah. the public house. But I think, and I've thought about, okay, if this is really a good idea tomorrow morning then it really was (laughs) a good idea yeah the problem i've discovered though is the following morning don't remember the same oh no (laughs) i write it down i write it down i'm the note taker yes yeah i do write it down (laughs) but the following morning i have found this is i'm being honest here is um the same conditions don't exist and so what I do is I go back and I have some more drinks. <laughs> not, not in the morning. Seriously, sure, seriously. Sure. The next time I have it, and I take the notebook out and I look ah. at it and I say, "Is it still a good idea?" Oh, that was a complete shite idea. <laughs> so it was. Ah. Our, my God, that was a fantastic idea. So it is. There's a little tip. Yeah. So very similar to. So that kind of leads into something I was wondering, and because you have had some great success here. 
in well, town. Success is all relative. Right. But, 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 but what is, has something been not successful that you've tried? Mm. Well, I'd say there's elements of everything that I've been involved in that have not been successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I think that that's where probably some <laughs> uh, stick to itness, like my father used to say, get back there and finish that job. Uh, get back there and do it right and finish the job. Uh, I think that that's where it comes into it because I don't, I mean, success I don't think is a. Uh, it's not an end goal. It certainly has never been an end goal for myself. Bless you. Uh, success for um, uh, for me would really be: is the work that you're doing, does it have a positive effect? And not a lot of people you're working with, uh, but the intended audience, customer base, uh, the community. It's like a, just a journey because you know. Let's face it: we'll all be forgotten about him. 20 years, 40 years, I don't know, whatever it is, 50 years, 20. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, no no monuments, no statues. And so it's really... um, It's about the journey. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I could, uh, trust me, I could talk for a lot longer about uh, the things that have failed and Mm -hmm. whatnot and why. Mm -hmm. So uh, kind of a follow-up, because you've been doing this for so long and you're inventing, you're constantly creating... This is something I think about for myself. And when you were 20 years old, what do you wish you had known that you know now? 20 or 30, when you're yeah. just starting out. I would say I wish I knew a little bit more about myself. Mm-hmm. Like a little bit better insight into what my core values were. And I still are, obviously. Uh, they're the things that just are true, whether I was 10 years of age or 50 years of age Um, I'd love to have had a better understanding of that because I think if I did at the time I would have been maybe a little bit more thoughtful about some of the decisions that that I make because I have a certain impulsiveness mm-hmm. uh, but I mean I love fucking ideas <laughs> I mean really mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, honestly I can't start to, wait, uh, to start them and get going on them and maybe a little bit of, hold on a minute, let's think about this and think it through for 15 minutes, you know. No. I mean, so no, you, were you more don't want that. Well. Uh, I think it might have been helpful because <laughs> I've gone down a few cul-de-sacs. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and, uh, <clears throat> you, know, now, you know, you get to come back out of a cul-de-sac, That's obviously. Right. And, There's and, a turnaround and, at the and end. You, you yeah. discover some things. But, um, yeah, I think... Maybe a little bit of that. Hmm. But again, I think self knowledge mm-hmm. is probably uh, yeah, and a that's almost foundational like piece. You have to go through those. I think about that too, because in my 20s and 30s, I was still growing and growing. And it's like, man, I wish I was more confident or together or aware of everything when I was 20 and how things would have changed. But you have to go through that, that journey yeah, to get where you are. That's part of that today. journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I can't look back at my life like that. I don't for some regret. Reason. No, I, I, it's like not I, regrets. It's just. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I've I've heard this before. You mm-hmm. know, not just from you, but from uh, but uh, there's, for whatever reason, and I think I see this in my children too. Like, like I just have no remorse for, you know, or anything. I don't look back at my life and think, man, I, I wish I 
had known more about certain things or something. I don't know why it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Well, more things though, specifically just about myself, mm-hmm. yeah, about who, yeah. I, who I was, uh, who I am, and what core wise was really, really important to me and something that I really valued. Uh, you know, you can follow your instincts for sure, uh, but have a better understanding of, like, I love adventure. I love the idea of travel. I love the idea of, I mean, I have a risk muscle, I suppose, but I think it's been developed over all of the years. Partly, I mean, and I've thought about this because my mother was 43 and my father was 46 when I was born. Mm -hmm. I was born at home in the house. And of course, I also discovered later in life that they were also second cousins. And so my kids say, is it any wonder I ended up the way I am? Like they literally were second cousins. (laughs) And um, the house like that. And so I had extraordinary freedom uh, when I was a teenager. Mm. Uh, I mean, really, anything I wanted to do, if I said, oh, I want to go do this. Oh, Grant, yeah, Grant, lovely, <laughs> whatever it is. It wasn't really kind of questioned and so forth, not like I certainly would have maybe with my own kids or I think in general would have happened. And it was no uh, fault uh, of theirs. I suppose one I could say, yeah, they kind of trusted me. <laughs> and <laughs> there was a mistake, um, <laughs> error in judgment. <laughs> uh, or else, um, uh, you know, you could say that... Um, you know, maybe it would have been a different outcome. But I remember when I was 16 and I said, I want to go work construction in Manchester uh, for the summer. Mm. And they said, oh, sure, grant. I would never let my kids do that. <laughs> I went off. I actually went and I took the wrong boat to England from Dublin. Seriously, this is... I, and you landed I literally, where? Well, I took the boat from the North Wall in Dublin to Liverpool. That's 10 hours. Instead of going to Dunleary, that is just in the suburbs of Dublin, and taking the tr- the boat to Hollyhead in North Wales, which is three hours. And so it was... And, and there was somebody waiting for me there, whereas they weren't waiting for me in Liverpool. <laughs> right, and, right. You know, just stuff like no that. No cell phones but, back yeah. <laughs> So So how, how soon while you were on the boat did you realize, like, I might be going the wrong way? Um, uh, well, pretty much after about three hours, and I thought it should be about there. <laughs> and I was as sick as a dog. I get terrible oh, motion no. sickness to this day. Oh, so uh-huh. To this day. So, yeah, that was yeah. A, a rough start. But we survived it all. And, um, so so you landed summer. there. I mean, did you just stay on the boat? Oh, I did. Well, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, what else swim. are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank God it wasn't the so Titanic. T- 20-hour journey. <laughs> oh, 10 hour. 10-hour journey, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> uh, but I got there and I made my way to Manchester and uh, the job was you went to the corner and I found this out from somebody, um, a guy from home that happened to be living there, um, and, you know, the Irish community was very well connected and we all knew that um, in Manchester, Birmingham, Coventry, London, all of those towns all had strong Irish uh, community centres. And uh, I got it there, and he says, well, you go to such and such a corner on a Monday morning, and the trucks will come around, and if they, you'll be there with a lot of other people, and if they pick you, you'll have a job. And if they don't, and they didn't pick me the first day, and I got picked the second day. And I had a job with Kerwins uh, for the whole summer, digging holes uh, for gas pipelines that had to be repaired. And I did that for the summer and came back. And that was, I mean, it was a changing experience, certainly. Mm. The fact that, you know, you got to survive on your own and live it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know know you're not. That's the risk muscle. Yeah. (laughs) It was the beginning of it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know you're not a hundred and some years old, but why does it feel like that happened a hundred years ago? Like that's uh, so it was old damn near a hundred yeah. years ago. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> right. years for sure. Dog years for sure. Digging the pipeline, wow. you know. Oh, and just just a group of Irishmen standing on a corner waiting to get picked. It's just yeah. it yeah. just sounds yeah. so old right. timey. They'd be an app today for that. Yeah, me. You know, yeah, Yeah. dial an Irishman app or something. Yep, yep, yep. Day workers, you were called day workers. Yeah, then they gave it to me for the summer. They gave me the job for the summer. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you were sixteen. Sixteen. And where did you live? Turning seventeen in September. Um, I stayed near Old Trafford, right near Old Trafford, Manchester United's training Mm. ground. I could Mm -hmm. actually see it, and. Uh, there were a lot of famous Irish people that played for Manchester United and uh, I never even went to the stadium once well it was during the Mm -hmm. summer they don't play during the summer Mm -hmm. and that's all changed wow yeah Yeah, it was a good journey yeah I bet it was was. so you have kids I do I have four of them out there okay yeah four of them (laughs) I'm not doing 23 and me. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. I'm joking. I'm joking. Two boys and two two girls. Uh, The two boys are are married and living within a mile of here. Um, I mean, separately, one to the left of here, one to the right of uh, where we are. And both of them were working with me, and uh, both of them, they quit. Uh, they said uh, it, it wasn't the life for them. One's a lawyer. He works as a HR guy for WCCO-TV. Okay. And then my other son, uh, Seamus, he was working in China and teaching and doing different things. And he's actually working over with a great spot, um, Sarah Jane's, over up on Central um, mm-hmm. over there and lives close by it. And the two daughters, one is married living in St. Paul, two kids, two grandkids who are fantastic mm. are there. And uh, then I have a daughter who's uh, living in Los Angeles as well. So it is, yeah, great kids. Very nice. Yeah. Well, you have to say that. Get kids. In case, well, they, in the, case they listen. The grandkids are even almost better. Yeah. They're all of better. course better. they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, get to, I get to look at my own children through the lens of kind of understanding how much my, my parents, especially my mother, just adores these kids. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's well, fun. You do get it. It's a, obviously, yeah, we all know it's different. a different experience. And it's, I joke that it was, jeez, uh, wouldn't it be fantastic if you could have grandkids without actually having kids? <laughs> <Right>. Really? <laughs> right. I joke, I mean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what else, what do you do for fun around the city? When are you always working? Well, right now, I would say the last number of years, I am always working. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would say that uh, I am, uh, I like to uh, to joke that um, I'm lashed to the mast. Mm-hmm. And we're out in the middle of the Atlantic and the storms You're are the raging. Mm-hmm. The storms are raging. We're looking for dry land. Mm-hmm. The boat just sank, but we're still lashed to the mast. <laughs> the mast is made of wood. It floats. <laughs> so we're all holding on to it. That, that, so, yeah. that does conjure an image in my mind. I just sent you guys a story about a guy who survived a shipwreck. Somewhere in Lake Superior, and he survived. He was one out of, what, 80-something? Yeah, however many were on the boat. That survived, but he survived for 36 hours at sea onto a piece of wood. Lashed himself to it. Lashed to a piece of wood, and he had a jug of wine. (laughs) (laughs) And then he washed ashore. He climbed, or he crawled for six miles because he was so weak to find help. Yeah. Thank God for that wine. I know. Was it on done? Lake Superior? It yeah. said Lake Superior. Without a wetsuit? 
Yeah, yeah well, this say, was man. What the eighteen hundreds? It was eight, eight, like eighteen. You were a lot tougher. It was in the even 1800s. colder than eighteen seventies. I mean, even in the summer, it's freezing. Right? Yeah. 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 So uh, that was quite what a was story. The name of that boat was it? The Sunburst or something like that? Remember. I think that. But anyway, oh, it went down in the story. This guy. This guy was the sole survivor. Sole survivor. Oh. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I know I wouldn't live thirty-six no hours slash to the a wine would make you feel chunk better, of wood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you there know, you are. So you're so you're last year mass. <laughs> the, boat, the boat sunk. Hopefully you have some good whiskey. And you're working. Yeah. And you're working because that's, what, you, that's what you're doing for fun. Is you're just you working. Enjoy, well, you clearly I, enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, I am hoping to get to dry land here mm-hmm. sometime sure. in the next 12, 18 months, God willing, knock on wood, <laughs> but, all of those things. But I do like, I love um, I loved sports. I played sports all growing up. Um, oh, I until my late 50s, 40s, I mean, I played soccer with a bunch of guys here from, from home and uh, and local guys as well. Um, I love following Gaelic football from Ireland. I'll be glued to the television now a lot of weekends from now until November because Ireland are in the World Cup, Rugby World Cup, that's in mm. just starting in Japan. And we beat our Scottish cousins uh, <laughs> handsomely, I'll have to say, on, uh, on Sunday last. And uh, so that's pretty exciting. Ireland have a good team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you play rugby? I didn't play rugby because mm. I grew up in, again, the west of Ireland, which was um, almost exclusively um, Gaelic football. Gaelic football is indigenous to Ireland. Mm-hmm. It's been going since 1884. And hurling, where they play with a stick as well. Mm-hmm. They're the national sports of Ireland. And there was a thing in place until I was about 16, I think. Uh, it was called the ban. And if you played Gaelic football, Irish sports, um, you could not play foreign sports. Foreign sports were soccer, rugby, mm-hmm. cricket. Mm-hmm. And now my home village has a rugby club. Yeah. They have a <laughs> cricket club. <laughs> And they have a soccer club, yeah. along yeah. with changed. a Gaelic football and hurling. Yeah. All changed. Yeah. <laughs> changed utterly. A terrible beauty is born. That's a line, <laughs> that's a line from Yeats. That's not mine. That's W.B. Yeats, <laughs> so it is, uh, who's very close to where I grew up as well. At least they think it's him. So it <laughs> brings the tourists. Yeah. It does bring the tourists. You're absolutely right. I have to share my one Irish story, if I remember this correctly. We were taking, I think this is after you guys had left in 2003. My two sisters and my parents took one of those little van tours out. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. And the tour guide gave everyone a little um, Dixie cup, like a shot glass, right? Plastic. And I can't remember the lake that we were at. And he said... Um, Everyone dip your, we're going to dip our cups in the lake because it's considered holy water. It was by a holy site or something back uh, in the day. Loch Derg. Loch Derg is on uh, I wish I remember. Yeah. So, and we're like, well, okay, he said to drink the water. So we're all poised, you know? And he's like, no, 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 just kidding. He had, brings out his Jameson and gives everyone a... I was like, man, that was the best uh, he Jameson picked, he, I've ever yeah, had. Yeah, he pulled out the wrong whiskey, the oh, wrong brand of whiskey. <laughs> of if he had pulled out Kilbegan, it would have been much better. <laughs> My God above, yeah, you would have been... I don't know. You wouldn't even have needed to row the boat. It would just naturally gravitate and move. Once again, the elixir would have kicked in and everything just starts smooth. That did taste awfully good because I remember it was like a foggy kind of mystical. I mean, it's just so beautiful. You're out there. You're like, well, I'll take a whiskey. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, yeah. Fun stuff. You don't turn down whiskey very often, (laughs) though, do you? (laughs) No, I don't drink whiskey. I'm not a big whiskey drinker, but... 
I can enjoy it like a, if it's really good, you know. I hope you don't drink vodka. Is that what you drink? No. I'm a beer drinker. Beer drinker. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's good. I yeah. do enjoy some vodka. But yeah. I like to tell people to drink vodka. When are you going to start eating food that has more taste? <laughs> Come on, chop, chop. Get on that whiskey. The stuff that's, that's been sitting in the barrel. Sitting in the barrel for four years. Drink it because vodka is just, you know, I want to find my Irish ancestry. Yeah. Now, you're, is, now you're now you're itching. Go, I mean, yeah, Are you so. on Ancestry.com? <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to do this. If the three of us went to Ireland, we would not come back. I want to go to Ireland. I came Karen. back and I went with a huge group of people. Oh, I mean, we. Well, I know it would be awfully fun. It would be fun. I, I survived it. You did during St. Patrick's Day. You did right. Yeah. You know, one thing that was interesting <laughs> to me is that you know that during that day, I mean, so that was the day that we also went on our Guinness tour oh, because yeah, the lines weren't so long that day. Oh, they were on the true. parade. That's a very smart move. And that was a great tour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thousands of people, you know, on the streets during the parade. But, I mean, when that parade was done, everything was clean. There, Everyone was so aware, you know, to throw their garbage away. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the streets were clean. And then we were out in the pubs again. And it was really a great time. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Well, Irish tourism, um, I think they're the ones, if I'm not mistaken, that run, they uh, organize or certainly help fund most of the parades in mm-hmm. Ireland. And they've done an extraordinary job the last um, uh, couple of, a dozen years, maybe. Yeah. And uh, it is, um, you know, it's obviously celebrating culture uh, yeah. of Ireland. Uh, but with that comes, uh, you know, obviously things like respect for all other uh, people and nationalities <laughs> now that we have so many different nationalities in Ireland, but also as obviously a showcase of some of the values of, um, of Ireland yeah. as well. And I think what would fall into that would, of course, be... Um, and, you know, it's not as good as... A, it's not Singapore when it comes to cleanliness on the streets, but then people sure. aren't also being <coughs> put in jail or whatever it is. Uh, but it is it is part of uh, respect for the land. Yeah. And the land is um, plays a very important role in Irish um, culture I have to and say, it, when we were back at the hotel after that day, everyone was so aware of how how everyone was so aware of... You know, Being not throwing garbage yeah. around. I mean, in 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 a thousands of people lining the street. You know, when I look at Hennepin, sometimes and after a parade, there's garbage everywhere. Yeah. You know, but it was so so good. I would say the young people coming up in Ireland, and we have, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, in the cast. Um, 11 young ambassadors here from Ireland. It's a special J1 program that's run partly by um, the Business Owners Association of Ireland, IBEC, Dublin City University, and then part government funding. And they get to come to a different country for a year and a half. And uh, the quality and the character of the young people, because I actually get to go and do the interviews Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. in Ireland, and I'm just really... I'm astounded uh, with the quality of uh, the people, the education, a lot of the respect that they have, their worldliness as well. And I think it's got a bright future. And I think it's that's where uh, the drive has come from, uh, well, uh, the smoking ban 
Ireland mm. was the first country in the world mm. to, to ban smoking in, in public places, bars, pubs. I mean, people were shocked. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've yeah. got, obviously, gay marriage mm. um, uh, introduced. We have a Prime Minister, Taoiseach. Chief, Taoiseach means chieftain in Gaelic uh, of Ireland, Leo Vardic. He is uh, uh, of Indian uh, uh, origin or uh, 50% uh, and he's gay uh, is our current president or uh, Taoiseach uh, Prime Minister and so these movements and the right of the individual and respect for all people is really a groundswell that's coming up and I think it gives us great um, uh, great hope for the future of the country. Mm-hmm. Now, you should have seen some of the articles that were in the Irish Times, the venerable Irish Times, mm-hmm. when uh, uh, Vice President Pence was just there <laughs> right. about a month ago. <laughs> there, was, oh, there was a few classics, so there was. <laughs> we won't go into that now. Right. Leave the right. politics out of it. Yeah, we do, we do tend to shy away from too much politics here yeah, but it's uh, too depressing it, it is too depressing there. there's enough of it out there but I do I, I joked about not leaving the country because uh, I, I uh, when people say oh god if your man gets elected again or whatever I'm moving to Canada and I said well that's the last thing that people should do mm-hmm. people should come back from Canada right. mm-hmm. so they should and right. fight the fight mm-hmm. fight the good yeah. fight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep well we uh, we can keep talking we've gone we're 32 minutes in so <laughs> It's up to you guys. He's practicing his speech for Friday. Yeah. This yeah. Is gonna, yeah. I, I think you'll have no trouble. Oh, I think historical you're going to be a historical society on Friday. Yeah. Giving yeah. them hell. Well, we'll, be, we'll have whiskey at that one. I, I obviously, clearly, I wasn't thinking straight, or I would have brought the two gingers with me, or some of the Kilbegan whiskeys as well. <laughs> we'll, we'll of course, be across you can always come over and no, no I'll line them up. You, you'll line see me up. in a little bit. We'll, we'll start. You know, it's interesting. So I, I, I want to ask you, like, how you've seen the Twin Cities sort of change over the years. But but with that question, I mean, you're also changing the Twin Cities, like, you know, with what you're doing with at the food building right now, you know, well, bringing the in these local. And, and, and there's such a emphasis, right? Not emphasis, but there's a, a market for, mm-hmm. you know, uh, these sort of homemade, home-raised products. More artisanal. Yeah, I think yeah, I think the there is people understanding, you know, the story uh, and the importance the of story it. Story and the, the people that are behind it and the lives that are affected by it. You know, Farm Aid was just in Wisconsin mm-hmm. near Milwaukee mm-hmm. there this weekend, and uh, you know they had I don't know, 30, 35, uh, One of our colleagues, um, Jill and Steve, actually, uh, they went down to it, and. Um, you know, I talked to Jill this morning about it, and you know, we were discussing the fact that over 400 farms went out of uh, out of business last year in Wisconsin alone. And you know, what some of the I mean, it's a complex issue, but some of the challenges that exist there um, with those farms and what somebody like ourselves can do with food building in a, in our small way. Mm-hmm how we can highlight and focus on the people that we work for and the extraordinary knowledge and work that they put into understanding things like the soil. Mm-hmm. It's not just the, the animals. It's not just the grain that's growing. It's, uh, it is the actual soil itself that provides the nutrients to the grass that's grown, the grain that's grown, the cows that are fed on the grass and so forth. And that understanding, um, I think, 
not alone now to get too philosophical about it, how it relates to your food, but how it relates to everything in life. Mm-hmm. You know, having insight and understanding about all of the things that we engage with mm-hmm. and how you can have that level of transparency, I think, in the world. I mean, we're not going to talk about fake news or whatever as well. And, of course, fake news to some degree is also about perspective, mm-hmm. so it is a right. contextual. Um, but I think that... Um, so things have changed here in the Twin Cities, but things are always changing. Mm-hmm. And they're changing. They've been changing for, mm-hmm. well, millennials. Yeah. <laughs> so they slowly to start with, slowly mm-hmm. to start with. Now it's a lot faster. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. my God, when I came here 32 years ago, you could pretty much most days close downtown at about 7.30, 8 mm. o'clock at night. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, now look at the extraordinary developments and change. And, you know, is some of it is, most of it, I think, is really good. I mean, some of it, obviously, not so good. But right. that's the complexity of it and figuring it out but it's an exciting and fantastic place to um, to live i think minnesota has um it's a definitely it's a state for the future yeah mm-hmm. i think it is we've been doing a lot too. of the right things we try right. not to tell people that because we don't like you know well you know and i refer to, here. yeah I, I refer internally to um uh the uh, the immigrants that are new immigrants that are coming here, and I learned this lesson from my home village, uh, with the, all the new populations uh, immigrants that are going there. We don't refer to them as immigrants; we refer to them as the new Minnesotans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the new Minnesotans, because that's who they are, mm-hmm. and, yep. yes. and they will be, and they have kids, and they'll be the next, and and they'll be well, us or you guys or whatever it is in thirty years or forty years. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's a good way, yeah, to was, to to leave it. Yeah, <laughs> that's good perfect for now. For now, for now, indeed. <laughs> we'll Till we get to the bar, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm off, so off damn off thirsty mic. right now. I can't tell you, <laughs> Jim. Oh, we'll walk you, you home. We'll walk you back. <laughs> Dangerous neighborhood. <laughs> Listen, it's uh, make sure you get over the middle safe. of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. A young guy like yourself, we can't just leave yeah. you out there. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, is there is there anything uh, in that particular? That our listeners can. Yeah, that you'd like to, you know, we've done a good job of talking about your businesses and everything. But is and there the website? Yeah, we you could want to mention the website. Anything you want to promote hall? in any way, a little bit? I mean, we'll throw it. Well, in the, there. the easiest one to remember is probably foodbuilding.com, and then that leads into Red Table, Bakersfield, Alamar, Kieran's Kitchen. Okay, great. All the good connects stuff. all the uh, connects all the dots, and um, yeah, I would say. Um, Parting word would be that uh, your listeners out there to um, love and appreciate everything, all the good things that are happening in Minnesota, and point out uh, uh, the things that need to be improved. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No there you go. Said. Yeah. No yes. emperors have no clothes or whatever have clothes. Deal. What is that thing? <laughs> <laughs> the emperors. Cut that stupid new, thing out. New clothes. <laughs> new clothes. <laughs> Old clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never really understood that one either. Yeah. Oh, oh, I all understand right. it all right. I just can't articulate. Karen, <laughs> <laughs> right. thank you for thank coming you for in. Coming thank in. you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. All right. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin, 
and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care.